0: hi everyone welcome to the british royal fanatic podcast my name is hayden and i am an american with a passion for british royal history i can't really remember too much about when my interest in just british history in general began But it seems as if it's always been a part of me. I would get really excited about England and British history and the British Empire when I was in high school and when I was in college taking general education classes. And I just couldn't explain it. I just wanted to know more. I was, it was as if I was a dog who was excited and saw a squirrel. That's all I wanted to learn, and I just immersed myself in it. The older I got, the more my curiosity (laughs) then grew into a small obsession that then eventually became my academic hobby. And if you could see my personal library, that would prove that point. But I can confidently say that I'm not the only American with this same obsession. Granted, it is on different levels, but I'm not the only one. From countless podcasts, columns in gossip magazines, tabloid headlines, YouTube channels, TV shows, and the news keeping up with the British royal family, it seems like the whole world has their eye on the British royal family and all things related to the British aristocracy. Hollywood has proven time and time again that the British aristocracy and the royal family makes for good drama and storytelling. We see that now with hit shows like Bridgerton, The Crown, Downton Abbey, Victoria, films like The Queen, The King's Speech, Elizabeth, Pride and Prejudice, and the list goes on and on. The glittering titles in The Protocol from the castles or palaces or stately country homes, from the creative characters that they are based off of to fictitious characters that are an amalgamation of so many different characters. Hollywood has shown that this is great for storytelling, and people are eating it up. But if I'm not the only American that has this obsession with the British royal family, where did it come from? Why are we so obsessed? Well, in this first episode, I'd like to shed a little light on that and try to explain where this all came from. The book. The season by Christian Richardson outlines this fantastically in the first couple chapters. And this is where a lot of my information comes from. And it all makes sense. When the early settlers and uh, colonialists came to America and with the setting up of the government of the United States, what is one thing that they actively decided that they didn't want to have? A monarchy. And in not having a monarchy, what is that not bring with it well you don't have king queen prince princesses an immediate royal family but that also doesn't readily provide an opportunity for there to be the titled gentry and the titled aristocracy and a more concrete aristocracy we did away with that and instead based a lot of our social hierarchy on this capitalist idea making a name for yourself what business you have. And of course we we have seen that over in England as the social classes became more mobile. But in America that was really what it was all about. So that's where you have families like the Vanderbilts, the Roosevelts, the Rockefellers, the Astors, when they were over here in America. But a modern reflection of that today is the Kardashians. It's the family name, what the family does. Yes, our social season kind of fluctuates and is similar to that of England, but that's why we don't have a titled gentry. Our titled aristocracy doesn't exist because it's about family name and what business your family has and what your family provides. So the idea of marrying up does not have to do with title. It is about family and family name and the family name holds power, not whether the family has a title or not. But that's the big thing, we don't have a monarchy here, and so why are we obsessed? It's a classic case of wanting something that we don't have. We don't have titled aristocrats, we don't have a king, or a queen, or just a sovereign, however they may identify in the future. That's one of the big things why us Americans are so obsessed. It's a life that we don't have. But this idea of being obsessed with it and wanting to be a part of it really catches fire in the late 19th, early 20th centuries. The show Downton Abbey captures this wonderfully with the character of Cora. She's a young American heiress to a large fortune that goes over to England. If my memory's right, she goes to England or the English come to her in America. She falls in love with a titled British aristocrat And in turn, her money saves the Earldom, saves the Crawley family, and helps them keep their position. But that's something that is actual, you know, film depicting history. That was something that was very common. We see that again depicted in the film Titanic, where we see, you know, Ruth's character saying that your father left us nothing but a legacy of bad debts hidden by a good name. You know, the Duke Bucator and these fictitious American people brushing elbows with the Countess of Roths, Sir Cosmo and Lucille Lady Duff Gordon. It's another example at this early turn of the century when the Americans were readily throwing themselves into British society because they had the money. And a prime example of this is heiress Consuelo Vanderbilt when she married the Duke of Marlborough. They... It's commonly known that they did not have a great marriage, but she was a wealthy heiress. He needed the money. Her mother was obsessed with the idea of her daughter being a duchess because that title was so appealing. And so what happened? She became the Duchess of Marlborough and her money helped save an aristocratic family. It's been ingrained at this point in the 21st century to be fascinated with English culture and the British royal family and the British aristocracy with constant remakes of Jane Austen films, the wonderful spectacle that is The Great British Baking Show, but the wonder of the aristocracy in England. Why do we love it so? Well, comparatively in history, again this is from the Richardson text, uh, centuries ago the English aristocracy was smaller. It was in the British royal family, and the titled aristocracy, when compared to mainland Europe, was a lot smaller. There weren't as many princes and dukes and barons, and as a result, they saw their appeal by keeping it small. You know, being an earl in England has a little bit more value, even still to this day, than being a count in mainland Um, in mainland Europe. They kept it small. They kept it this exclusive feeling, which centuries in the 17th, 18th, 19th century, there was already this intrigue with the British aristocracy. So it's a worldwide phenomenon, being obsessed and having this interest in the English upper classes and their royal family, simply because they knew how to market it. They kept it small, they kept it exclusive, and as a result, it's stood the test of time. So I hope this sheds a little bit more light into why we Americans tend to love the British so much. It's something we don't have. It's something that we aspire to, that we read in novels, we watch on television, whether it's comedic or dramatic. And it's just become ingrained in American pop culture to have this obsession. I remember discussing with my mom about watching the wedding of the Prince and Princess of Wales back in 1981. I watched both the weddings of the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge and the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. I've I've watched almost every event that could possibly be televised. And it seems normal to us. We just do it. Granted, other members of my family think I'm weird, but I digress. If you enjoyed this little short introductory episode of the British Royal Fanatic podcast, tune in for discussions on history, both past and present, current events, talking about television shows and films, books, reviewing books, fashions, of course, and pretty much everything relating to the British aristocracy even some of the problems they have that I've read about. And with that, stay tuned. Thanks for stopping by. And I hope you stick around for episodes in the future.